0: you are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast, I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. We're in our third message on practical Christian living. James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. Father, we just ask that you will bless this message to our hearts. We believe that your word never returns void, but it will accomplish that which you purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Seems there was a little boy with a bad temper. Not only little boys have bad temper, though, is it? <laughs> His father gave him a bag of nails and told him every time he lost his temper to hammer a nail into the back fence. Well, the first day, the little boy had driven 37 nails. Well, it gradually dwindled down, And he discovered it was easier to hold his temper than to drive in those nails in the fence. So the day finally came when he wasn't driving any nails at all. He told his father about it, and his father said, that's great, son. Now for every day that you can hold your temper, draw out a nail. And the day came when he had all of the nails drawn out of the fence. And his father took him by the hand and he said, Come with me, I want to explain something to you. And Then he said, Just look at that fence. He said, You see where you drove all the nails? You see all the holes that are in that fence? He said, That fence will never be the same again. It's scarred by all of those nails that were driven in. And he said, That's the way it is, son, with anger. When you get angry, you say things you shouldn't say, you do things you shouldn't do. And words leave scars. And you can say, I'm sorry, all you like. But the scars are still there. We are all aware of the fact that we're living in a fast-paced world. Most of us find it very hard to slow down. With all the, te- the technology that we have today, you would think we ha- would have so much time on our hands. We ask someone how they're doing, and we seldom give them time to answer. We lose our cool in traffic, at the checkout, on the phone, and so on, and so on. There's a lot of angry people in this world. God has an answer for anger management. And James tells us in James chapter 1, verses 19 to 21, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You notice he's calling them brothers and sisters. When you're referred to as a brother or sister in the Bible, you're talking about a brother or sister in the faith, a Christian. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Verse 20 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Be quick to listen. It is very important in communication to be able to listen. Anyone who does all of the talking when you're in a conversation is not really hearing what the other person is saying. And so applying this to the Word of God, we need to read it We need to listen to it. We need to study it. And if you find that there are things that you don't understand, there are plenty of people and plenty of resources that you can get to help you. Now, the Internet today has a wealth of information. But let me caution you, there's a lot of garbage, and there's a lot of things that look good in print, but unless you know the Word of God, you can be easily deceived. But you can come to your pastor I can point you out to places that are wholesome, that are good, that have good instruction. They can explain it probably many times more than I could ever do it. I could show you places where I get my information. I don't want any of you to think that I'm coming up with all of these sermons just being original. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We guide everything by what the word of God says. And I look for gems and jewels that are good. That helps me to express what I want to tell God's people. So be quick to listen. We also need to meditate after we have read the Bible, after we have heard a message, after we have heard a teaching. Meditate upon it. What is God saying? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me concerning this portion of Scripture? Scriptures never changed. There are many applications, though. That apply to our everyday life. Romans chapter 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to have faith to believe. You've got to come to a point and I've got to come to a point in my life. Where I believe that the word of God is true. That the Bible is the word of God. It don't just contain the word of God. If you go around with that lie, if you believe that lie, you're going to be in trouble. So your best bet is to believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. Holy men of God, the Bible says, wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit, they are life. Hearing what the Bible, the written word of God is saying to us is very important. The Bible tells us that God places high value on the preaching of his word. Romans 10 14 asks the question, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Many of you have been preaching the word for years. And the Bible talks about a preacher. He's not just talking about someone who stands behind a a podium. We all share our faith. We share God's word. We share what God is doing and what God can do to anyone who will listen. This is in line with what James is talking about. In this passage of scripture, we need to be swift to hear both naturally and spiritually. Hearing spiritually brings faith. In 1 Kings chapter 19, there's a biblical illustration. There's a powerful story about a prophet named Elijah. He has seen God do some great things. He's seen God answer by fire upon a sacrifice, an altar that he had had the people drench with water. He soaked it so there would be no one be able to accuse him of lighting a fire or somebody in his group of lighting a fire under that, that sacrifice. But now there's a woman after him trying to kill him because he had come against the prophets and had them all slain, false prophets. And Elijah is feeling very discouraged and he needs to hear from God. God gives him some instructions. And in this time He experiences a powerful wind, an earthquake, and a fire. And Elijah was expecting to hear from God, from one of those powerful events. But he heard nothing. And then Elijah heard a still small voice and it was God speaking. Just in case sometime you may wonder, do we believe that you gotta be so loud and so noisy in this church to hear from God? No. We just love to use our vocal cords to worship and praise him. God loves it. The Bible tells us that God loves the praises of his people. It brings joy to my spirit every time I lift my voice in praise to him. I pray loud because that's the way I grew up. I could sleep through a prayer meeting in a Pentecostal church. When they weren't afraid to open their mouths, and if there was fifty people in the building, all fifty were praying at the same time, at the top of their lungs. And Baby Hayward was sleeping under the seat. So you have to excuse me if I'm a bit loud, sometimes. It's in my nature. Our God of all power who created the heavens and the earth speaks in a whisper. Now, of course, He don't always speak in a whisper. But many times, we're, expe- we're expecting something spectacular. Someone says, you know, I expect God to hit me over the head with a two by four. Well, maybe some of us need that, but he's probably not going to do that. He don't shout. He don't roar. He speaks with a whisper. Guess who roars? 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Why do he do that? The devil roars because he tries to intimidate us. But God, who is all-powerful whispers, in all the busyness of life, we have to learn to listen to that still, small voice. And if God should shout in your ear, that's what you need. Amen? And don't try to put God in a box. You may hear 20 people say that God spoke to them this way. He may not speak to you that way. God has built us all in different ways. With different ways of reacting. Different emotions. Some of us with hardly any emotion at all. But he loves us all. We're all his creation. And he loves us and he cares about us. And he will communicate with us. But the main thing is we have to listen. Be quick to listen. He says, be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46, verse 10. In all the busyness of life, we have to learn to listen for that still, small voice. How does God want us to react in a given situation? Be slow to speak. Another very important thing. A lot of times we got our mind made up before we hear the other side of the story. We come we assume too many things and we we open our mouth and we say a whole lot of things and after we find out the real thing the real truth oh i wish i hadn't said that it's so embarrassing and it's so hard to go and say i'm sorry i was wrong god's word has a solution I read somewhere that we have one mouth for two ears and two ears. And that should give us a fair idea how much talking we should do compared to listening. Well, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. I got a couple of verses I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. And uh, Proverbs uh, ten nineteen: Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Pretty much to the point, isn't it? <laughs> Proverbs thirteen three: Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. And this is one that I have lived by all my life. You might wonder why Hayward don't talk too much in a crowd. Except unless he's preaching, of course. But uh, here it is: Proverbs 17:28: "Even fools are taught to be wise when they keep silent, their mouths shut. When they keep their mouths shut, they seem intelligent." And Proverbs 29:20: 20. "There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. These are wise, wise portions in the Bible. James is very clear. We need to think before we speak. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to take those things very seriously. Very practical instructions for everyday living. And then be slow to become angry. Anger is a major problem in our world. We live in a Anger-driven society. Just go to any stop sign in Coal Lake and not be ready to press the gas when that light turns. See how long it's going to be before you get a honk behind you. Somebody's impatient. Anger interferes with your ability to think rationally. Ephesians 426 says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. The Bible recognizes that we all get angry. And there's a place for anger. But not to the point that you hold it in overnight. You deal with that thing quickly. Amen? Don't sin by letting anger control you because when anger controls you, you are not in control. And when you're angry, how many times have you said things that you wish you had never said? It's just like the nails. That we're driven into that fence. When the nail is driven out. Taken out. You say I'm sorry. But many times. The scar is deep. And it takes a lot of time. For that scar to heal. Anger can quickly turn to bitterness. And you don't want that to happen. An angry spirit stops us from. Listening and Learning. Anger prevents us from godliness and holiness. It opens the door for filth and evil. Human anger do not produce, the Bible says, the righteousness that God desires. Secondly, there is a practical path to righteousness. We need to do some spiritual housecleaning. So James in chapter 1 verse 21 says, So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts for it has power to save your soul. Now you have to realize that the context that this is written in has been talking about anger. And he's saying that get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And these are things that are produced if you allow anger to grow and produce bitterness in your life. Get rid of what is hindering you from your relationship with God. It's an action that must be taken, friends. First, we must confess and repent of every known sin. Then we must examine ourselves. Am I living for Jesus or for myself? What is my motive? Sanctify yourself by putting away and purifying and changing your lifestyle. There's power in his word. It directs us in the right way, into right living, which the Bible calls righteousness. Allow the word to be implanted in your heart and in your mind. It was David who said, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. But you see, it is is encouraging us to give it all you've got. All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all of your spirit, everything, all of your strength. Anyone just going by the name Christian is deceiving themselves. Do you agree with that? if we're just professing to be a Christian but not living the life, we're deceiving ourselves. Christian means to be a follower or a disciple of Christ. So I need to ask myself, am I a follower of Christ? Am I a disciple of Christ? Am I learning from him? Am I doing what he says to do? As James says, once said, we must be doers of the word. It is a picture similar to taking off filthy clothes after a long day working outside. Those of you who have worked hard and worked up a sweat and got a bit dusty and smutty from the job, even if you were changing a tire or fixing something on your car. It's so nice and refreshing to get into that shower and get clean and put on clean clothes. You feel so good and so fresh. And in a way, that's what it's like when you get rid of all of the garbage that you allow to accumulate in your spirit and your soul. And just come clean with God and say, Lord, Lord, I've been doing wrong stuff. I know I haven't been living the way that I should, but I ask that you would forgive me. And you begin to once more dust off that old Bible or get your Bible app out, whatever you're doing in this day and generation. Begin to read the Word, think about it, meditate on it. Start getting serious and coming to church every week instead of once a month, you know. Going up to some of the leaders in the church and saying, listen, I I want to do something in the church. I want to be involved. What can I do? When that sort of an attitude begins to take hold of you again, it's just like, taking a fresh shower, putting on new clothes. You feel good because you're doing something that's pleasing to the Lord. So be a doer of the word. James 1:22 says, do not merely listen to the word but, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. You and I are responsible for understanding the word of God he has provided teachers and pastors to help us to understand. When you dedicate yourself to the study of prayer and prayer, you will not be deceived. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching those messages? I'm a, I, I am a realist. I'm not going to be with you. A long time. There's going to be somebody else come in. And I want them to be able to go right from the beginning. Put the pedal to the metal. And take this church to the next step. I want you to be well versed in the word of God. So you will know the truth. When the new pastor comes in, he'll come into a congregation that has been set free. Not feeling that they've got to live by a lot of rules and regulations, but free to follow the word of God, believing it, and experience it in their everyday life. John 14, 26 says, When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. John 16, 13 says, However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. And again I have to go back to the fact. That if you do not have the word in your heart. If you're not reading the word. If you're not meditating on the word. The Holy Spirit cannot remind you. Of something that you haven't in your heart already. A reminder is something that you already know. It's a prompting to you. So here's the bottom line, folks. We cannot blame the pastor or the teacher. You can't blame your pastor or your parents or some old hypocrite who pretends to be a Christian in the church. They may be there, but you can't blame them. You can't even blame the devil for deceiving you. That's what James says. If we do not do what the Bible teaches, we deceive ourselves. You can know the Bible from cover to cover. You can quote blocks of scripture, word for word, line for line. But if you're not doing what it says, you're deceiving yourself. The word of God is spiritual food. I forgetful here. Paul says, "Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it is do what it says. It's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, afterwards, looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like." A forgetful hair is not really serious about the things of God. We need continuous portions for our spiritual well-being. The word of God is food for our souls. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you, they are spirit." And they are life. There is a blessing for those who will continuously apply the word of God to their life situations. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Verse 25 of James, chapter 1. It is the word of God that gives spiritual freedom. His word is truth. John 8 verse 31 to 32. Jesus said to the people who believe in him. You are are truly my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Again James Brings us to the importance of the word. Watch what you say. Your tongue can mess you up real bad. Again, James brings us to the importance of the word. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue. Deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Verse 26 of 1st James of James chapter 1. We're going to leave it there for now, but James has much more to say about the tongue. Would anyone dare to disagree with this biblical definition of true religion? Verse 27, James says, religion that our God, our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Conclusion. The true Christian does not allow immoral, filthy behavior to remain in his or her life. The key here is remain, folks. We all do foolish, sinful, stupid things. If we entertain that and allow it to remain and don't do anything about it, that's not wise. Get rid of it. For the word of God to work, it must be planted in good soil. It's time to get rid of the weeds and the stones in our lives. Jesus taught a parable about a condition of the heart of people who heard the word. He says that the weeds will choke out the word, the seed. It will hinder and prevent growth. I shouldn't have to spell out the weeds and, that are hindering Christians today. But I will. The Word of God will not take root in your life if you continue to entertain pornography, drunkenness, immoral practices, fornication, adultery, greed, lying, cheating. Unforgiveness, bitterness, strife, and so on and so on and so on. This is what's happening in the church and it has to stop. Paul confirms this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Some of you were once like that. But you are cleansed. You are made holy. You are made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There's been a change that has taken place in our lives. Christians are different. We're supposed to be different. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. I will continue to quote these scriptures over and over and over and over again because they need to be. We need to listen. We need to hear. We need to heed what the Spirit is saying to the church. You can find lots of people that will tell you what you want to hear. But I'm going to stick with telling people what they need to hear. We need to go by the word of God. We are Christians. And just because the world is trying to get the Christian church to let down her standard. That's not where we take our direction from. We take our direction from the Word of God. And the Word of God is forever settled in heaven, it will never change. And you say, Pastor, Do you have to be so blunt? Yes, I do. Because someone may be about to sell their soul for a one night stand and suddenly remember this scripture that I'm speaking today. And they may just say, wait a minute, I am different, I'm a new creation in Christ. I have been washed. I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I used to be that way. But not anymore. Because I've been washed. And I've been cleansed in the blood. If this sounds repetitious to you, it might be that the difference between heaven and hell for some prodigal son or daughter And when I stand before God, I will not have to answer to you. I will not have to answer to the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada or any religious denomination. I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account for the way that I handle the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us that the teacher and the preacher will be held accountable for every word that we speak and teach. Take the word to your heart so that it will replace the evil desires that James wrote about earlier. Let the word sink into your heart so that it will influence every part of your life. Because the word has the power to save you from making a big mistake. Hearing the word must be followed by obedience and doing what it says. James 1.22, I'll read it again. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today for your precious word. Lord, we believe that your word will find a lodging place in the hearts of your people. And I know, Lord, many people will hear, will have heard many different things as I've been preaching this word today. And we want to thank you for your faithfulness. As we go to our different homes now, we ask that you will bless us Pray, Lord, that you will help us, Lord, to consider what has been spoken today and make the necessary corrections, if there's any necessary corrections to be made. And we'll give you all of the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Anyone who needs prayer, you come forward and we will pray with you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church a place where families come together.